0: Hello, I'm
1: Mark, I'm Justin, and I'm Joe, and we're the J-Pops, and we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to
0: episode 59. Today we'll be talking to Mr. Joe Fowler, yet again, of the Ishikawa Summit to Sea fame, but perhaps better known for his appearance on episode 47 of the J-Pops.
2: I would say probably, definitely better known for that. (laughs) At yeah. Least we, all
1: our listeners,
3: maybe.
1: We thought we'd check back in with, with old Joe because um when we talked to you the first time, you hmm. had a, a baby in the womb and now you have a baby out of the womb. Well, my wife did, yes. Okay, yeah, your wife. Yeah, well, I've technically, got, I've yours are still wires. in there.
2: <laughs> mine mine still appears to be in there,
1: yes. I, I clearly have some wires crossed, but um <laughs> I'll take you at your word. It was in your wife's womb. Now, out of the womb, you've got a free range baby in the house now. And um, indeed. Yeah. Uh, so all things have changed. But I guess we should um, cover our bases and get our updates out of the way. And then we will um, put the screws to Joe.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Do you want to lead us, Justin?
1: Yes. Um, little Nico. Something that I noticed about Nico here in the 15th month is that. Uh, He's got this kind of, um, you know, object permanence obviously comes a a lot before the 15th month. It's like a very Mm. early thing. But now Nico's at the point where he'll think of something and then you can tell he's trying to request it. And it's not like something that he can see immediately, you know, Mm. and it happened a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Like he was fussy in the living room and he was like pointing and motioning toward the gen con. So I walked him out there and he's like pointing and motioning toward the door. So I walked him out the front door. And then when we got out there, he said, bicycle, bicycle, which is <laughs> one of the words he can do. And he rides the bike like a few times a week. So he just wanted uh-huh. to get on the bike. And it was a weekend. So I was like, yeah, we can get on the bike. So we went down and popped him on and then rode around for like 15 minutes. But it was that like he was fussy, like, you know, on the second floor of the house in a different room, not anywhere near the bike, which is down in the garage. So he it all like conjured up in his mind and then he made moves to make it happen. And Mm. that seems like a new thing, uh, like a new threshold that he's crossed.
0: And just played you like a fiddle. Played me like a
1: fiddle. (laughs) And the other one was um, like uh, I was holding him and I was holding he was holding a stuffed animal. So like I had my arms full. And uh, I had a t-shirt on with a basketball on it. And somebody said basketball, but the basketball on my shirt was covered up by the baby and the the stuffed animal. And then Nico heard the word and then he remembered like, oh, your shirt has a basketball. So he started like pointing down and trying to reach down to where the basketball was in my shirt. So Mm. I pulled pulled the stuffed animal away. Like sort of leaned him away from my my belly where the basketball was in, and then he pointed at it and said basketball so wow. like he was remembering what was on my shirt from earlier and then like trying to make the connection and point it out and to me that's just like such a mental leap from where he was even a month ago where wow. maybe he was doing that but he just didn't have like the physical or communicative wherewithal to make it known that he had those kind of connections but it's um, pretty impressive to me that he's like showing off those skills now. Yes, Joseph has his hand. Ask a
2: question. Does he know any words that don't begin with B? It's few and far <laughs> between. Most of
1: them do start with B. Banana. Um, yeah, banana, basketball, and bicycle. We're going through hmm. the dictionary, and it's uh, it's a B bonanza. Yeah, it really is out there. Um, uh. But yeah, he he likes the B sounds, and for some reason, he doesn't get too into like. One syllable, it's like he'll, he hears banana and it sounds funny to him. So he says banana. But mm. um, we can scarcely get a dad or mom out of him. It, it almost never happens.
2: It's bad or bomb, which uh... <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much. Nice. Yeah. So do that's, you guys, do you guys call each other that in front of him? We try to, um, like gesture toward ourselves and, you know, it's a classic thing like dad, dad, or, Dada or Mama or whatever, but um, yeah. it, mm. he says it a bit, a very little bit. Um, he said it the other day. It's going to sound like a joke, but he said Mama during Bohemian Rhapsody because he heard <laughs> he heard Freddie Mercury say Mama, and we every single night we watch the Muppets version of Bohemian Rhapsody in which Animal says the word Mama about twenty five times in a row. Wow. And um, he really picks up, he likes Animal, he likes that part of the song. So when we heard it in the car, um, he did sh- say Mama, but I think he was singing along with Queen. So, nice. you know, it's it's a little weird. Well, that's a big
2: step too. <laughs> it's a pretty big <laughs> step, yeah. You'll be able to tell whether he said, did he say Mama or Mama? <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah. How did he say it? <laughs> Hard to say.
1: He's pretty atonal at the moment, but um, I don't know. But who can be like a Freddie Mercury, really? It's big shoes to feel, right? Uh, so that's the most significant update. Kind of a weird, subtle thing, but it it really like it, it stood out mm-hmm. to me in the last couple of weeks. What about Coda and baby two? Uh, Coda, yeah. In a few days, he's
0: gonna be fourteen months. So he's getting up there pretty good. He's he's doing really well. I think daycare helps kind of get his motor skills going and his Mm -hmm. mimicking of other kids and even talking more. I mean, he's not saying like real words yet, but just the range of talking that he's able to do at this point, it's kind of hitting all the syllables in different ways. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty good. But uh, yeah, after a really good week of him not being sick, he got sick again yesterday, which is the way it goes with kids once they're in daycare. So dealing with that again last night was a super sleepless night i I passed out for naps twice today not realizing (laughs) that i was napping that was a dangerous
2: drive you had yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh
0: but yeah we're hoping he seems to be getting better this evening so hopefully by tomorrow it'll be cleared up again and had another fun fun time at the doctor oh boy Japanese Mm. doctors are just my favorite in the
2: world (laughs) so much fun so nice did they tell him he needed to lose weight was that the first thing they said or is that (laughs) just
0: (laughs) it's coming though (laughs) no it's more just the way they kind of approach him and like treat him as a patient it's less of a hey, you're a person, let's figure out what's going on, and more of a, I'm going to poke you with things and try to figure stuff out, but not really, because I don't
1: care. Bedside manner, leaving something to be desired. Um, right. Yeah, we similarly have a sickness through the house, which I didn't catch somehow. It's the first time we've had that, and I didn't fall victim to it, but it's just a cold. It's full-on runny nose, like the runniest nose I've ever seen in my life on Nico, and he's oh, on wow. about day four of it, maybe day five. And, oh, uh, ayumi got the runny nose and a cough nico's had a cough as well but um so Ayumi actually uh called in sick to work on friday because it, it hit her so hard but oh, I managed to avoid it i don't know maybe it said i'm an absentee father cha-ching <laughs> it works out um, you know that happened the same with us like koda
0: got it and then moi got it and then i didn't get it for like a week and mm-hmm. then it hit me for like two and a half days like As hard as it hit them for the whole week, just
1: condensed. Yeah. So I think your time is coming. Yeah, it probably is. I'm leery of that. But um, that is totally the way of the daycare. And I think it's like Mm. a, it's a, in the long run of necessary and positive function of putting all the children in the community in a little pile and just letting them exchange (laughs) microbes and stuff just to get their immune system kickstarted. And so it is good, but it's like, how many times a year? Are we going to be sick? And uh, we also had at least eight. Yeah, at least eight. And then (laughs) it's like this weekend we were scheduling a barbecue with a friend of ours who has two kids, like two young girls, uh, you know, who are like daycare, maybe uh, kindergarten age. And it's like, forget about scheduling anything because. Like two of our three kids were sick on the day we decided to have the barbecue. So we canceled it. And like, I can't imagine that that barbecue actually happening because how are you going to get three healthy kids on the same day?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a miracle if you can get plans to succeed anymore. Yeah, Like it's more just like set stuff up and like cross your fingers,
1: but like really just don't hope for anything because it's going to get canceled yeah for sure you do end up with a lot of free days though because your planes have been canceled and that's awesome just kind of nothing on the slight
0: i don't know how you guys do it but like with whenever coda gets sick he's like very needy and clingy. so like oh yeah if he's sick my day is i'm done i get i can do
1: nothing yeah and just the number of times you have to like wipe the nose and that'll be yeah yeah basically needing consolation or you know now we have like a medicine regimen that we're on and that sort of thing so it as much as it eats up your free time just having a kid at all when they're sick it's you kind of double down on that uh joseph any Mm. sicknesses come yuki's way
2: no i i was i've i've been quiet for once because i was i was listening and taking notes because yuki uh, i don't know if we've mentioned her name yet Oh, did I my, reveal it? Oh, and ceremoniously. I'm right. My my born daughter. Her name is Yuki. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's Yuki Georgina, to give her her full name. Beautiful. Nice. Um, she is yet to. Fingers crossed. Get sick. Mm-hmm. Be ill, as we would say in England. Um, <laughs> she's fine. Uh, but I I do know that this is all to come. So I'm I'm kind of. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to the sickness. She's two months now? Two months today, in fact, the day oh. that we're recording this. Nice. Two months today, yeah.
1: yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's wonderful.
2: Um, Ooh, we need to take a photograph. That reminds me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's excellent because I think um, you know you don't want the kid to get sick too early. And I feel like two months is early enough to be worrisome. So I think Nico is probably seven months or something mm. when got sick mm. for the first time. And then, you know, they're a little more robust. Um, they've got all their fat on them and that you feel like they're capable of handling it. So I wasn't yeah. too worried at that time.
2: She, she two she's months. having her vaccinations this coming Wednesday. And I think I'll be able to breathe easier slightly after that because until the vaccination day, it's kind of like she's open to anything. There's yeah, literally right. no protection against anything. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's not obviously all of the vaccinations. I guess you guys are still are still waiting for some, or have you had them all now?
0: They're ongoing till I think like kindergarten level. Yeah, yeah. they just slow down,
2: right? Well, the, yeah. So I think there's a couple of big ones coming mm. on on Wednesday, but yeah, some some of them are a bit too potent. So like the measles. There's a bit of a measles outbreak right now in Japan. Yeah, I mm. heard about that. Um, so that's a slight worry uh mm-hmm. that we you know that we have. But um yeah, no no illness to report yet.
0: Do you but guys know if you were vaccinated as kids?
2: I was, I believe.
0: I have no idea.
2: I had a I had the what I called the JCB, which was no. the BCG.
0: You're saying oh, really? stuff but I have no idea. <laughs> no?
1: It's, it's the one we talked about, uh, right? The, uh, what do you call it there, Joe? What's it? Warding the, BC, off?
2: the BCG? The BCG, um, yeah. Oh, God. What's it warding off? Things beginning with B. Bananas, <laughs> basketballs, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, oh, I can't remember. The BCG is for tuberculosis. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. It's the, you know, the 18 needle thing that, that they get here. In oh, Germany. right. Yeah. Um, oh, so you did have that one. I did. Oh, I never got
0: that one. Yeah, nope. in
1: America that's not standard practice. I didn't get that one either. But I got the full like regiment of other Regimen? Hmm. regiment. I got all the regiment. other vaccines.
2: It's so... these it, it's only when you have kids that you question, did I? <laughs> and then, yeah. And then you sort of contact your family and they go Ah, uh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god. <laughs> what can I potentially catch?
1: Yeah. Uh this is just a little a nugget of advice I'm gonna drop in here. It's that um if there's a pregnant woman uh who lacks a vaccine or is not sure that she's had a certain vaccine, it's a good idea for everyone in her vicinity to go ahead and get that vaccine like no matter what age you are, whatever. I mean, as long as the vaccine's still effective at your age, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, if uh, a lot of times a, a big danger of a disease is getting it while you're pregnant and it has adverse right. effects on the development of the child. So um, that happened uh, to someone in my wife's family that um, she came down with one of these serious diseases, which people are typically vaccinated for and it had some adverse effects. So uh, that's a good thing to to do and something to keep in your back pocket even if you like a vaccine you can make everyone around you get the vaccine just to insulate yourself that way
2: i wonder if you've had the vaccine but don't know if you've had the vaccine and then get the vaccine are you canceling out your first vaccine or doubling down on the vaccine multiplying
1: (laughs) a negative by a negative man yeah i think you you just get the disease oh no do you, this is a wild thing that I heard <laughs> just the other day on The Economist. And so, you know, you can trust it. It's The Economist, for Christ's sake. It's British, and everything they say. Oh, is then.
2: True if it's british then it's absolutely 100% correct. Absolutely true. So, you know
1: how a big thing today is um uh like you need a vaccine, some vaccines to be kept at like -60 degrees Celsius or something and then right. that's part of the trouble of getting vaccines all around the world because you need actually not just an electrical grid but you need some pretty intense infrastructure to keep something mm. at -60 like across the world. Um so obviously like refrigeration at all wasn't really invented and there wasn't a grid. Uh, You know, in so much of the world, even 100 years ago. So then the question came up of like, what if they made a vaccine in Europe, but the only way you could ship it is like cold and they couldn't do that. Literally, you'd have to get it across the Atlantic and you just couldn't keep it that cold that long. How would you ship vaccines in the old days? And the answer is, this is the wildest thing I've ever heard, but they would round up a bunch of orphans. Oh, my God. They would give the vaccine to an orphan. And then the orphan would develop like, you know, like with our kids with the BCG, they get like the little raised scabs and pustules and stuff. And then you can make one orphan like touch their arm to another one to pass on the vaccine a few days later. And then a few days after that, make that orphan touch another orphan like with the the pustules and then like transfer the vaccine that way. So you've got like a human chain of vaccine. And then when they arrived in America... They would take the last orphan off the line and then, you know, harvest the uh, whatever the, you know, pustules from him and then develop the vaccine for everybody from that. How many uh, days how is that do, trip? Yeah, you know. need a I, lot of orphans on that. Yeah, you need a string of orphans, and uh, you can't really do that anymore. So we use freezers. That's how. It, how do
2: they uh, keep the orphans at minus sixty degrees Celsius? <laughs> well,
1: they didn't go into details.
2: I uh, didn't yeah, give them a T-shirt. <laughs>
1: That's what sank the Titanic. They were uh, swinging too close to. An, sing, so, no, they're swinging close so to an Yeah. Uh, oh dear that, me. Absolutely blew me away. Interesting. Okay. Anyhow. um, Yeah, where where were we? Joseph, updates aside from sickness for young Yuki.
2: Updates since the last time I was on. Yeah. Well, she's been born. That's a (laughs) fairly big update. (laughs) (laughs) And not much has happened since then. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's two months old, so... Actually, mm. quite a lot's happened. I suppose, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to rehash all of the updates that you guys gave, sort of, thirteen and twelve months ago, respectively, and to mm. sort of repeat the show. But she's, um, I'd say, she's pretty advanced. Again, <laughs> British. Um, she's reading
1: at a three-month-old level.
2: <laughs> yeah no she's 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 finished uh Dostoevsky's whole canon um <laughs> anyway <laughs> which is what you know that's 3 months right because that's what I did <laughs> um she I, I i i've i've had a fake word i've had a couple of fake words from her oh yeah, mm. yeah and i guess awesome you guys beveling. probably talked about this yeah like wait she's she's repeating the mouth shape and making a noise at the same time. And that makes mm. a word, it makes it sound like it's a word.
0: That's mm. how words come out.
2: That is how words. <laughs> I don't know if she's thinking, I'm gonna say hello now. Right. She's the just the
0: intention isn't there.
2: Yeah, I think she's kind of looking at my lit. I'm saying hello. Mm. Hello. And then she sort of goes, Hello. <laughs> and it kind of comes out <laughs> like <laughs> um and she all she's see i i think all she's doing is sort of moving her mouth and making a noise and and it's like making a sound but i'm 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 calling that a first word
1: nice. oh staking your claim huh
2: but i don't think it is
1: <laughs> uh it's true i think it was even in what to expect when you're expecting or what to expect the first year they said like even at a month if mm. you stick your tongue out, your baby might stick uh his or her tongue out back at you. So kids do mimic like uh, yeah. mouth motions yeah. like that. And uh yeah, you wrangled a word out of her. That's all awesome. she's
2: quite good. She's quite good at mimicking. Mm-mm. And mocking. Um <laughs> is that from her dad? Uh but yeah, she does she's she's pretty good at mimicking. And now she's begun to I think she's just now getting awareness of her limbs, her hands. Mm-hmm. And so now she'll she'll almost kind of copy hand arm hand movements when nice. I do that um I stuck on a bit of tower of power the other day and um <laughs> demonstrated some dance moves pretty pretty wicked dance moves and she was <laughs> she was there you know she was dancing away with her arms, so yeah that's it's quite a major development recently, I'd say,
1: yeah, that's nice. good, yeah yeah all those milestones it's wild and then uh i think the big ones for me uh that you have to look forward to when she can sit up independently that's mm. one of those game changers mm. because she'll sit there and grab the toys she wants to grab and sort of occupy herself cuz like for the first 5 or 6 months I feel like you know to engage the kid you have to be lifting the kid and and moving the kid around but
2: yeah um, yeah it, there's a lot of sort of lying on her back on Various surfaces and just uh, sort of looming over her,
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and and sort of talking to her, yeah, and trying to trying to get her to copy or just just giving a little bit of space and she'll reply mm. with sounds, which is nice because oh yeah, the other thing is just recently she started smiling as well.
3: Mm.
2: So mm. for a long time there's there sort of nothing that really resembled a smile. It was just a face of utter confusion, a bit like yours right now. Um, <laughs> And then she's she's she started giggling and, and smiling, which is nice as well.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't f- remember how old Koda was when he started smiling. Like like the actual smile, like not the fart smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think it was around two must have been two months.
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty standard. Mm. Has Nico smiled yet?
1: Still waiting on it, Joe. Still yeah. waiting on it. Yeah. Um he's cold fish. What can I say? He's um, withholding frankly. (laughs) It's a power play, just like the bicycle thing. Um, But uh, this, uh, I think we can just get into segment town here because um, that's kind of what we're doing anyway. So let's make it official and let's waltz over to segment. And here we are.
0: Welcome to segmenton.
1: Welcome, everybody. Uh, We thought as a segment today, we would go back all the way back to episode 47 when Joe was our guest before. And we Mm -hmm. talked about a few things. We thought we would maybe inquire about those same things on today's episode to see if anything's changed for him or to get a few more details. So I was looking back over our um, episode 47 list here. And one of the questions we asked you, Joe, was any big worries? Mm. Now I cannot remember your answer at the time what your big worries are. I don't know if you can remember your own worries, but um mm. in very general terms was it a big like uh I don't know weight off your shoulders when Yuki was born and uh have, do you feel like you're sort of coasting now? Cuz I, I felt like there was maybe like leading up to it there's more you can worry about and then the child's born and beautiful and mm. then you're um Worries kind of go away and are maybe replaced with something else. But please. Yeah.
2: I, I I imagine it probably was a worry based around the birth, mm-hmm. you know, and pre-birth times, and then immediate post-birth times, you know, that whole kind of transition from in to out. Mm-hmm. Um obviously that's no longer a worry because she's out. Mm-hmm. Um I think. Now, so I don't know. I don't know what I answered back there. I think it was just general worry. <laughs> uh, now, it's interesting because my actually, honestly, my biggest worry at the moment is, is is sort of looking forward to when it probably a couple of years until she can walk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I'm pretty chill myself at the moment. And just enjoying, you know, being a dad. And then I think what I'm most worried about is when she's toddling around and might run away from me right? in a, in a place where there could be a road or a river or, you know, a hazard of some sort. Yeah. Tiger. I don't know. Whatever it is, that's. Currently, that's my personal primary worry, which mm. means doesn't mean that I'm absolutely not worried about anything else. But I would say my current worry is how much. Uh, and I can't remember last time whether I used her real name or used her pseudonym. We,
1: I used her real name, and I was bleeped, and uh, we switched to the pseudonym.
2: Okay, so I'll stick with the pseudonym just in case there's any Ishikawa summit to see listeners uh, to this. <laughs> so um, Gorgonella worries a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> about everything, mm-hmm. and so m- my worry is the her level of worry. Mm-hmm. If you see what I mean, so I, I feel like she does all of the worrying for both of us. Gotcha. And that kind of removes my need to worry because anything that I worry about, uh, she would have already worried about it. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see what I mean?
0: This <laughs> yeah. is, this is a double edged sword though, for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because down the road, you're probably going to get in a situation where she's like, Joe, you just don't seem to care about this stuff.
2: <laughs> oh, that's not down the road. That's, that's <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a a speed bump in the road that is regularly <laughs> powered into. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's no criticism of her, of course. Um, but it does mean, yeah. I, I do. I do get a fair amount of criticism for not doing the research. Right. But it's it's things that I'm I'm don't occur to me first of all because I, I, you know not much does occur to me. and um, I I just sort of think well she's fine everything's fine all Mm. the medical professionals that ever come into contact with her say she's fine she's doing Mm. well I don't notice anything out of sorts with her of course Gorgonella, she's with her pretty much 24 7 and is far more aware of things like how much milk she's drinking you Mm. know and and When she's sleeping and how much. Right. And she is a researcher. You know, she loves to research things. And so she'll, she'll read a ton of articles online. And that will often fuel her worry. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, every day or every week, there's, there's something which will almost certainly need to, you know, take your pick from brain damage, autism, severe, you know, things.
0: Those first few months are, I thought were very stressful because anything the kid does that's kind of out of the norm of what you think, you're like, oh, this could be this or this could be that or something could be happening right now. Yeah. And there's just no way to tell, but more likely than not, it's just normal
2: yeah and i th- that's that's kind of how i think and that, that is which is a worry because because i'm not worried about things i worry that i'm not worrying about things enough
0: hmm. <laughs> Do you see what it's it's a very saying? it's a very meta worry
2: yeah i'm i'm sort <laughs> of um i'm worried about my lack of worry <laughs> but also worried about the amount of worry that's generated from her mother mm, you know no. and and like and then that sort of sends me the other way of kind of not exactly rolling my eyes, but kind of going, okay, what what what, what horrible fate is she going to meet today? Hmm. You know, and then almost going, ah, she's fine. And then I think, what if she's not? And then that, and then I furiously research some stuff, and I'm like, "Oh my god, she's she's got ten seconds. <laughs> Let's just enjoy these last ten seconds." You know? She is <laughs> a bomb. You know? yeah. And you know, and then and then i and then I start to worry a little bit, and then you know, and it's sort of it, it, it could be a a cycle, you know, and that's a worry, right? <laughs>
1: I I find myself uh, relatively, and I mean relative to you, I think at at this phase, I feel pretty worry-free. And I think as Mark said, it's like you do the research and then you realize, okay, well, you know, things are generally fine. And then you go through that about 10 times and then you realize, oh, things keep being fine over and over and over again. And maybe you're just assuaged by experience of, um, you know, Like, you never do rush the kid to the hospital because he's about to explode. You just sort of like, oh, no, he's fine. And like a few uh, cases in point that come to mind, one was um, when we all got COVID, uh, I called a nurse. I was in America at the time. So, you know, she spoke English. I spoke English. It was wonderful. And um, (laughs) the nurse said, you know, if the kid's temperature doesn't reach 103, then don't even give it a second thought i mean as long as it responds to medication and 103 in celsius is like 39.5 or something Mm. i was like 39 like you know 103 i thought that was way up there i thought that was like the highest temperature i've ever had in my life but the nurse said like yeah you know as long as the kid responds to medicine and the the temp Mm. doesn't really breach 103 and then Mm. uh, i talked to my sister who was in child care for a decade and she said that she had heard even like 104 from. From doctors and nurses before. Um, and uh, then, you know, you start to think like, oh, you know, I, w- I would have worried at 100. But now this medical professionals told me 103 is not even a big deal. So it was clearly mm-hmm. my overreaction. And there's any number of that sort of thing when you realize that um, your concern was so far in the bounds of normal behavior that you mm-hmm. should have had the concern in the first place. And then eventually, you, I think you at least i got kind of beaten out of that thought process you know of just consistently being wrong and so putting my energies toward that stuff right. yeah
2: i mean of course it only takes one instance of not being wrong yeah, yeah. and that's right. what you and that's the reason that you continue to worry <laughs> yeah
1: that's true but i do like uh i've got a nephew and um i remember we were at dinner one time back in the us and he ate like a couple of scraps of bread and then he was just like i'm done with this you know mm. and um then my uh my stepmom who's raised I don't know how many children, loads and loads, she said um she was like, Well, he'll be hungry at the next meal. And that yeah. was the extent of her concern. You know, it's like right. two little crumbs of bread and then it's not the end of the world. And similarly, Mark, you had it with Coda, where he just crapped himself with diarrhea for like uh, over a week, right? Yeah. And then yeah. we read in the book and it was verified, I think, through when you guys talked to the doctor that it's not uncommon for a kid to have diarrhea for two weeks straight. No, it's ours like,
0: pretty close. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and then it's like two weeks. Like If it hadn't been written down, if somebody professional yeah. hadn't told me that, I never would have believed that because it seemed yeah, like yeah. diarrhea for three days. You should be taking your kid to the <laughs> hospital and getting yeah. an IV of something that's not diarrhea. To <Yeah>. And uh, But then you just realize, like, man, there are parameters that are pretty well-defined out there. And, of course, that's not to say you should just let all of your guards down. Yeah. And um, just sort of to roll with way more punches than you might feel naturally inclined to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I just want to sort of harp on a, li- a little bit more about worry. <laughs> it's one of my special topics. Mm-hmm. Anyone listening to this who, who knew me when I was young, uh would be sort of amazed at how I can not be worried because I've always been a worrier. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've been I've been a worrier my entire life. My mom's a worrier. I come from a proud line of worriers. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're a worrier family. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and so to hear me sort of saying that I'm not worried I think I think something happened where I reached a sort of worry event horizon mm-hmm. and the bottom fell out of my worry. Mm -hmm. and uh, it may have been around the university time. And, you know, um, for one one reason or another, I I stopped worrying about things. And and, and, and now I'm sort of pretty chill about everything. And I think one of the incidences when it comes to babies that made me think, oh, you know what, maybe it's not that bad is, and I may have told this story last time, and I apologize if I did, about uh, one of my 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 good friends back in Newcastle, where I'm from. Um, her German friend, did I tell you this story? Uh, I don't remember. She had a baby. And it was like, uh, I think she was like sort of old enough to sit up on her own. The baby, that is, not the mother. Um, <laughs> and we went to the beach in Newcastle, in uh, South Shields. And we sat on a bench sort of behind the beach, but there was a little wall and sand had blown over into the into the into the crook behind the wall, if you can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bank of very, very small bank of sand there. And in the sand there was um cigarette butts. Oh you know, right. Like an empty can or, or whatever. And and the German girl. She she plonked her kid down there to play in the sand, which <laughs> originally I thought, you know, oof, you know, that's a, bit, that's a bit dirty, but she didn't seem to care. And this is her first child and huh. child sitting there and she's she's picking up the sand, letting it run through her fingers. And she said, um, oh, <laughs> she's going to eat the sand. <laughs> and I thought, well, I really hope not, because that's <laughs> filthy sand. <laughs> And she sat there watching as her child took a large handful of sand and stuffed it into her mouth. Mm. I would have been leaping, leaping out of my seat Mm. and tipping that child upside down and sticking my fingers in her mouth to get the sand out. And she just, all she did was she sort of chuckled and she went, oh, yeah, she has eaten the sand. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And an old lady came past with her, with obviously her granddaughter who was about seven. And she noticed what happened that she said, Oh, I, that's, I might, I, she used to do that as well, you know, it will come out as a solid lump in a couple of hours' time. <laughs> I thought, well, there's two people who didn't give a toss about a, an infant eating dirty sand right. from a beach in South Shields. Yeah. And that, that's what made me think, oh, okay, maybe, maybe babies are pretty hardy yeah. and, you know, they're okay. And, we're, and and humans have survived for exactly 2,023 years mm-hmm. um, be, because of their robustness. <laughs> so Absolutely. I stand some worry. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I, when um, this was years and years ago, one of my friends, uh, he was about to have his first child, and I was peppering him with questions at the time, and I asked him if he was... You know, basically worried about this was in my much younger days. And this was one of like the first, you know, friends that I knew who was having a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had like a very, he's sort of a hippie ish dude. He had a very chill perspective about it. And his take on it was like, he's like, I feel like I'm a pretty good guy. My wife's a pretty good woman. And I just know that uh, so, so many worse off people and frankly, just worse people. Have raised mm. kids, like, yeah, who who don't care, who are actually like kind of scumbags. Yeah. And he's like, so if they exactly. could do it, then here we are. We're like set up so well to do it,
2: and it'll exactly. be fine. I, and... I say the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got some proper little scroats yeah, scratching around, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and pro- and they and in Newcastle as well, they they go around on BMXs on bikes, and they've got the tops off with their tracksuit bottoms and they're, you know, threatening people and spitting on and stuff like that. Mm, They've all got six fine. packs. Horrible. You know, they're all, they're all very healthy looking because <laughs> they, like <laughs> they sound like horrible mothers. Sorry. I sound like horrible mothers. I mean, they probably are, you know, <laughs> uh, well, not the, yeah, not the, not the topless ones, but you know, and I think, well, if, if that and it sounds really horrible and judgmental, um, but, if if somebody who has raised a child to be like that has raised a child successfully, <laughs> yeah. then us nice, you awfully middle class people
0: in air quotes, though, yeah. it, <laughs> and well, smash—they're alive, they're alive, and they're sort
2: of <laughs> relatively hench, you know. So like they're obviously to a certain degree fine, and they've made it to right. adulthood if not mentally, at least physically.
1: Smash (laughs) cut to 15 years from now, Yuki's on a BMX and Ken Roku and like throwing beer cans. (laughs) (laughs) With a six pack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. um, Let's, uh, I want to touch on one more thing just very briefly, Joe. Your question for us last time, your McQuiffy, if you will, was about sleeping arrangements that we have. And Mm. uh, what about your sleeping arrangements with the fam right now?
2: mine um so I was worried about the positioning of the cot mm-hmm. and the location of the cot what we settled on was I moved I moved our bed along and we put the cot in the bedroom sort of perpendicular to the bed head mm-hmm. so and it fits it fit in beautifully just nicely fits in it's quite a big cot mmm Oh, well, Yuki Chan is just a little baby. She's she's sort of swimming in this huge area. Mm. Um and yeah, it, it works out. It works out pretty well. It was it was fine in the end. So she's in the in the bedroom with us. Mm. And you're still in there. And I'm still in there. I'm kind of in the corner because I, I, I moved Gorgonella. <laughs> Our natural sleeping positions were the other way around. But I wanted her to be able to just slip out sideways from the bed and and feed hmm. and during during the night
0: this is kind of a side question but do you guys sleep closer to the door than your wives
2: I traditionally always have yeah me too but not now
0: it's like an instinctual thing I think like that side of the bed I just I want to be on it uh. same
2: and it's because I frequently go to the toilet (laughs) oh
1: (laughs) i our sleeping arrangements have been thrown into such chaos like we don't have a normal place or procedure anymore yeah and even uh like nico goes perpendicular he still sleeps in the bed with us uh okay now i mean obviously he didn't in the very beginning but then uh now he does and um he goes perpendicular to both of us. So it's like his feet are in my neck and his head is in <laughs> my wife's like in the small of her back. And he's like pushing us both off the bed and in, in opposite directions. And he'll <laughs> nice. do like, he does three sixties all night, you know, oh, yeah. time you wake up and look at him and he's, he's in a new position. So then we realized this is something new. We started is um, we have two beds in our bedroom. One's like Japanese futon style on the floor and one's our regular bed. So it's mm. like maybe one of us could sleep down there with him And tend to him because he still wakes up pretty often the night and then the other can sleep in the bed and then the next night we will rotate so that one Mm. one of us every other night gets a decent night's sleep without him like booting us and crying and we've got to take care Mm. of him. So I don't know it all bets are off. But if I think back and rewind the clock, I think my wife slept near the door. And I believe it was because I view her as a first line of defense. <laughs> but actually, I think it's because she just in those days had to get up and go to work earlier. So uh, logistically, would, yeah, get up and, and get out of the bed. That's how mm, it yeah. went. Nice. Sorry about that. Just curious. Good question. Um, yeah. I I will cede the remainder of my time to the gentleman from Toyama. Uh, Mark, do you have questions for Yeah.
0: Uh, I have one that I want to go back from the last episode and and kind of see what your thoughts are. And it's about like any hobbies or activities that you've had to push to the back burner. Oh yeah. Before I was asking like if you could foresee anything happening and then now obviously you're in it. So Mm. has anything been pushed?
2: Um, I, yes, I think so. Um, Mm. We, You and I went for a cycle ride the other day, mm. and that was the first, basically, I think it was the first time I've been on my bike since she was born. Mm. Two um, months. Nice. In two, two months, yeah. And I I was worried that that would happen, and it did. <laughs> so I replaced, because I need my exercise, and I used to like going on long walks, Right. Not not on the beach. I'm not trying to get a date. Um <laughs> but I did used to like long walks and long cycles and candlelit dinners. And candlelit dinners <laughs> and movies. Um general. <laughs> but uh yeah, I've sort of had to knock the long walks on the head a little bit and the long cycles so I've replaced that with swimming. And mm. I've rejoined the gym over the road and I'm now I'm now sort of three or four times a week going for a, a a 1K quick swim. Nice. So I I guess it's been sort of replaced. And I will go on the odd, on the odd bike ride. I stopped. I play in a band here in Kanazawa, mm. uh, the, the Ishikawa Prefectural Jazz Orchestra. And I have not been to a rehearsal since before she was born. Mm. But I am going to go tomorrow. Today is Saturday, the rehearsal on the Sunday, so I will go to the rehearsal tomorrow. I'm going to pick that back up. Nice. That's quite important to... I think it's quite important to not absolutely drop everything. Right. Um. So that's... I, I'm getting back into that. And apart from that, I mean... No, nothing else is really... We used to, we used to play games together, you and I. You know? <laughs> um, we used to have the old poker night uh, no, Good times. no, gambling involved, of course. Um but uh we haven't done that for a, a while. No and that's that's a little bit of a shame. We'll we'll get back into that. That's yeah, some...
0: I've I've seen my my game time reduce quite a bit, my cycling time. It just it's hard to find space space to fill that stuff anymore.
2: Yeah. I, another hobby that I was very into was going to the pub and drinking strong beer <laughs> um but and and that ended but not because of Yuki Chan that's ended because of gout uh. <laughs> so you know she's not the only reason I've had to stop my hobbies <laughs> right well that sounds
0: like it's for the best then <laughs> yeah maybe
2: maybe but you know I I' I've, I've replaced that with drinking very strong Bourbon Mm. which is uh, what what I'm doing now.
0: Nice. Since you are a girl dad, and (laughs) in a few months' time, I will become a girl dad, there's a few things that have been kind of on my mind. And like, thinking about raising kids, regardless of their gender, you want to be kind of neutral with them and the same. But like living in Japan, I feel like there's a lot of gender-related issues with raising kids. Do you mm. do you see any issues?
2: Hmm. I mean, yes. Like you say, Japan is quite a gendered society in many ways. Right. I also think that it's it, there's also a lot of androgyny mm. as well. That's true. There's a, there's a lot of guys who are very effeminate and a lot of girls who, I don't know, would, would you say masculine? Um, so I don't think it's as bad as maybe it could be, mm. um, but the, yeah, there's there's a lot there are there are a lot of things, especially in the workplace. So that's looking way ahead, um, but uh, yeah, is is it worrying me? I don't not, know because mm.
0: not to get back to worry, but just like your your thoughts, maybe on like you know, obviously like. When they everybody sees like a girl, they're like, "Oh, she's so cute. She's so yeah. pretty. She's so this or that." And mm. and then when you start going to daycares or schools or stuff, they have like different colored hats or jackets or clothes based on the gender and that kind of thing. Do you? Yeah. Do you care about that?
2: Do I care about it? Ooh. <laughs> I think I think the primary thing that's going to affect. Her when she reaches sort of school age and stuff is probably going to be the fact that she's half, mm. um, before the fact that she's a girl, you know, um, being beautiful, cute, kawaii, and all this stuff. I think that's probably almost universal, mm. um, and I do. I do it myself. I like catch myself. Um, so I'll be saying to her, "Oh, you're so, kawaii, You're so cute. You're so beautiful, girl. You know, and all this gorgeous and all this kind of thing." And I, I have to sort of check myself and say, "And you're strong and intelligent, <laughs> you know." And, and and I have to like have to catch myself and and remind myself that I don't want to reinforce. Well, that's all not those to say things.
0: like those. Those are bad things to say. I mean, everybody wants to hear that stuff, and it's good to project that onto them. I think, but just yeah, to only say that, or to only, you know, yeah. say like your self worth should only be exactly equal to your prettiness or whatever.
2: Yeah, which you know is is for her. Fortunately, she's you know astoundingly beautiful. So she's got that in her favor. I mean, genes, what can what more can I say? <laughs> um but yeah, I don't want that I don't want that to be I don't want that to define her. Mm. Um I'd much rather that she felt that it was her, you know, brain, her intellect, her um you know I'd much rather she felt cool than cute, mm. if you see what I mean cool for cool for being you know um funny or or clever or right right or you know whatever whatever attribute she takes on that she enjoys if she
0: does want to feel cute i mean that's that's pretty valid too then
2: that's fine if if that's like but I, i don't want her to feel like she's she has to yeah she
0: doesn't she doesn't
2: I don't want her to feel like she has to reach some sort mm. of um or or live up to some sort of expectation of being anything really. Yeah. Um I will personally just let her develop her personality and her interests and encourage her to do the things that she enjoys doing. Nice. And if that is you know, being cute, then so be it. But mm. you know, I don't think she will because I don't I, I don't think I'm gonna raise her in such a way that she feels like that's the best thing to do. Right. I do you know, know- I'm definitely gonna try and register her with a model agency as a baby. <laughs> I <would say> that.
0: <laughs> nice. Have you have you discussed any of this with
2: Gorgonella? No, not really, no. Um do you
0: think she has a preference one way or another? Like um
2: actually I say no I say we haven't discussed it, but we I did say to her, you know, I I don't want to just focus on you're you're beautiful and you're cute. I wanna wanna add in and you're strong and you're clever, you know. Right, right. Um and and she's fine with that, but I'm not sure if it really had occurred to her does she have
0: a preference then towards like when she sees clothes in a store she'll like gravitate towards like the dresses
2: no we oh, okay we <laughs> due to the generosity of our many friends and, and uh patron is not the right word but uh we we're the we're the beneficiaries of you guys uh-huh. both of you <laughs> and and as well as like other people who have had children Mm. recently of both genders. And so we have a collection of clothes that, um, some of which are pink and frilly. Right. And some of which are blue with dinosaurs on, you know? Nice. Mm -hmm. And she was wearing a very nice gray little onesie with a dinosaur that says roar, roar on it today. (laughs) And and she looked awesome. And uh, yeah, so... I personally don't wanna right. I, I just wanna buy clothes for her that that I think are cool. Yeah. And that could be like, you know, anything really. I think it's much easier when you've got a girl because you can put a girl in boys' clothing and that's no one bats an eyelid.
0: Yeah. I was and just I say gonna boys say, boy's say that. Yeah. Um one of the things I, I consciously try to do with Coda a lot is get clothes that Maybe don't seem like always boy clothes or you know always like certain styles or whatever. Like I'll go out of my way and like if I see like a pair of pink socks that I think are cool, I will Mm. buy them for him. Yeah, like a pink shirt, then I'll put him in that. Just so he with the pink
2: shirts because he might end up feeling like he has to work in the city as a stockbroker or something. That's fine. Make that money.
0: (laughs) Go get that money. Yeah, yeah, just that idea that he doesn't have to feel like he has to dress a certain way. Yeah. Like, like, his doors are open, and I want, you know, our future girl to think that way, too. Like, if she wants to, go for it, but she doesn't have to.
2: If it was the other way around, and you would had a girl first, and then you were having a boy, and mm-hmm. the girl had, you know, been gifted a pink frilly dress with, you know, angels on it, would would that be something that you would dress? Well,
0: the angels would have been a, a strict hard pass for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Being okay, not no angels, Uh um, devils. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I'd, I know I'd draw what's... some horns on them or something. Lip, lipstick,
2: <laughs> lipsticks. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, if it was if it was something extremely right. extremely sickeningly feminine, dress. I'm not gonna buy it. <laughs> but would you put him in it and say, well, it doesn't matter? You know, just wondering. Sorry. Would to put I put him in there. it?
1: No, no, I don't think I would yeah i wouldn't either but that's so interesting to kind of because i've never yeah. considered that before joe but it's interesting to kind of find your own line on that sort of thing right. and that is a bit of a line um i mean if it were around the house it would be fine like it, oh yeah everything you know uh, yeah is this
2: a painting in or something like <laughs> yeah or yeah.
1: like oh i need a another change of clothes in a hurry i wouldn't really hesitate about it but then there's the element of like out in public and then just the like what is wrong with this family you know like that sort of stuff <laughs> that's just easier to not deal with by putting him in a t-shirt and jean shorts you know that's sort of yeah thing. but yeah. yeah it it is um uh in that way it's it's off-putting and it might go i might be um like i don't know selling myself long I don't know. I, I, <laughs> there's there's something deeper about it too that it does just. It's more jarring than your girl in a dinosaur shirt, for sure. Yeah. I say though, now that I'm thinking about it, I
0: I would yeah. If if he comes to me and he asks me for this, hmm. I won't say no. Yeah. Right.
2: If he requests it, yeah, you're gonna go big, daddy style. Wear what you want. Yeah. Scuba steve will sort you out, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: there's uh near here in a like used shop. There's a dollhouse that's really badass that I want to buy. But
2: um, you want to buy the shop?
1: I want to buy the whole shop because <laughs> it's so cool. Um, but that dollhouse, the only thing that's held me back is it's pretty massive. And then you have to dedicate the space to it. And then it's a, a little bit on the pricier side for what I would want to pay for a used dollhouse. But uh, my inclination is to buy the dollhouse because it's awesome it's just like a miniature world and i could see him like playing with toys in there and that sort of thing Dude, yeah. that'd be cool yeah on that one i didn't even like uh have a moment's thought of like well that's for girls really you know like mm, my brain right. just barreled past it and thought like that's a great opportunity to play with a bunch of stuff and put them in that dollhouse mm. so on a lot of things i am just uh totally fine either direction but yeah, yeah, that dress conundrum. That's an interesting it, one. Joe. It's interesting mm. because
2: when when you're talking about Japan in particular as well. It's such a um, it's such a it's such a sort of contrast here. I, I think mm. in that right. it is very gendered and there are very strict sort of gender roles. But then on the other hand, you'll you'll see a a grown man with a pink sort of. What they call like fairy puffs or something. There's some like I don't know if it's a a band or something or whatever, but you know it'll be like a a a pink thing with a cute character on it as a as a phone case or as a bag. And if that were in England, you know that that person would be immediately um, categorized. Mm. Let's say. (laughs) From Whereas, a passing
1: car, loudly.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, in the face, yeah, categorized yeah. in the face. But it, it, here, if you're a a middle aged salary man with a, a a fairy pink, you know, J pop band with a bunch of I don't know, whatever, very very yeah. fem feminine, let's say, appear yeah. in appearance. That's fine, and it's you know. Yeah. You can have little characters on your keyring, and it's no problem yeah so is, i don't know
1: in uh kentucky in the 90s i mean it's like you Ooh. would feel under threat actually uh sort of with walking around with that sort of thing i remember i lived in kentucky my entire life and then i wound up in vermont uh for a couple of years to go to school and when i was in vermont like the first day or the second day i needed some home furnishings i just moved in and I walked into a Walmart in Vermont and there were uh, was a gay couple, gay men, and they're holding hands walking into a Walmart. And I was overcome with panic, thinking <laughs> that because I had just come out of the Kentucky, like even right. small town Kentucky context, and the police would have certainly been called. There's no question because oh, wow. something would have happened, like some massive brawl or shouting match or harassment or whatever would have broken out no question about it if it were like the 90s early 2000s in Kentucky which is when i came right. up and i really got this sense of panic like oh god oh god like looking over my shoulders what's going to happen what's going to go on here and then nothing at all because it's vermont and you know they hmm. uh, as i hmm. shopped i saw them shopping they walked around they bought their stuff and left and that was the whole story it was nothing at all yeah but in japan i feel like um there are there there's this list of sort of categories of things one is you know like gendered clothing and stuff and that doesn't register at all like the fact that colors would be assigned to certain genders doesn't register that's not on their radar whatsoever on the other hand uh america has gay marriage and japan does not in Mm -hmm. any significant capacity so like some things uh are not registering that should, and some things are that shouldn't, and, and so on and so forth. Mm. So it depends on what you're talking about, but um, Japan, yeah, you can get away with a few more things here than you could. I think so. Yeah. Where,
2: where I come from, uh, probably in the 90s, maybe not so much now, but yeah, if you, were, if you were a man and it's raining and you're holding an umbrella, that would be enough to be, you know, absolutely torn to pieces. <laughs> That's amazing. A um, man with an umbrella? You know, that shocking. I didn't own an umbrella until I came to Japan. Because you were afraid? <laughs> yeah, just like you wouldn't have an... Just You simply... A, a man does not have an umbrella. We
0: were like that in Seattle, but that's because it's like always raining, so you're like, uh, it's
2: just too much, I'm just going to pull a hood <laughs> over my head. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the reason. Anyway, in terms of Yuki-chan... <laughs> um I'm I'm not too worried because I'm I'm hopeful that in the next ten to fifteen to twenty years something will change. What am I saying? I'm I'm saying the words out loud and, re- out loud and realizing that that's definitely not going to happen. But you know, maybe <laughs> you just maybe. realized,
1: oh, I'm in Japan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, let's uh move on to our segments and let's do them in rapid fire succession. Because this oh, episode sorry. is long in the tooth, right. and let's okay. uh, let's blast them out. Up thing. next is Japati. <music> Japati stands for Japanese of the day. Somehow, don't ask me. But Japanese of the day in very quick order today is Fu. K U. My apologies to Kent University. Um it F U K U. Fuku is uh it means to wipe. It's the mm. verb to wipe. Fuku. Mm. And it's good for uh I verified this, good for wiping the mouth, good for wiping the bottom, any wiping motion that you may do to a baby, fuku or fukimas. So that's your valuable Japanese of the day.
0: My first time interacting with that word in Japan was at like a home center. Mm -hmm. And I was going around the racks and I was looking at towels and one of them just said fucking towel. And I was like,
1: well, that's going to be my towel. That's a good towel. (laughs) 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 Well, uh, how about McQuiffy?
2: Anybody? Any takers? Oh, a McQuiffy. Yeah. Oh, I had a question. I had a McQuiffy, okay. which is um. I'm, I'm Mark. May have answered this already. Mm. When or when will I get a night's sleep?
3: <laughs> oh man, mm.
2: it's
0: a uh, it's hit or miss. I have yeah. a I have a sleep tracker that I wear every day, and you know sometimes I'll wake up and it's like all right, you had like seven plus hours sleep. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And then other times you're like three, three plus. Yeah. You're like, what happened? (laughs) And there's just no rhyme or reason. Some days suck.
1: For us, there was a window between three months and five months where Nico just miraculously went into eight hours plus sleep mode. Every single night, and I remember even sort of the first time it happened, we like leapt out of bed, you know, after four or five hours and just Mm. in a panic, like, what's (laughs) going on here? And he's just peacefully sleeping. And then we got used to it. So we had a two-month solid window where he was sleeping eight-plus hours a night, and then that fell off a cliff at about six months, and only, like, say, six months to 12, 13, 14 months in there but now he's kind of been getting closer to sleeping through the night. Last mm-hmm. night, you know, he's still getting over his cold, but last night it was easily uh, eight or nine hours. So I think he's back. Oh wow, getting closer to that again. But it does—it's like roller coaster.
2: Do your yeah. do your uh, sexcrements do they do they cry in the night? Because Yuki Chan does not cry. Oh yeah, during the night at all. He he he'll, he'll let out a cry. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Nico. Yeah. Uh, he wakes up and then immediately sits up and then he's like, now I can't sleep anymore. And he's just confused as to where he is. And then he shouts. I mean, yeah. And Mm. even recently on a, on a bad night, it's five or six times. He'll do something like that. Mm. So uh, it's been rough, but he's getting back in the swing of things now.
0: Yeah. I think with sickness too, it's much worse. So once they go to daycare, then you're sleeping less again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, at this age, I think when he's doing well, he's Coda. At least is sleeping mostly through the night, getting up maybe like two or three times.
2: Okay, I I have another McQuiffy related to this. May I? Yes, mm. please. You, um, so Justin, you said that Nico is sleeping in the bed with you guys, mm-hmm. and Mark, you've told me before that Coda sleeps in the bed with you guys too. Is that right? No. No. no,
0: he we bring him in the bed sometimes when he's sick and he can't sleep by himself that well. But okay. we're pretty adamant about he goes to sleep in his crib. And we, we've gotten in the habit recently of we'll make him sleep downstairs, usually with a bottle still. And then I'll carry him upstairs into his crib and leave him there. And we'll go downstairs and like watch some TV or hang out or something for a little bit more.
2: Mm, okay. I was just asking because for well okay so for Justin did was that a, re- a request of his or is that a conscious decision on you guys' part it was about at six months um
1: he was always in his own uh crib or the brodish whatever it's called he was in that consistently because when they're small obviously you shouldn't sleep in the same mm-hmm. bed with them because they're defenseless yeah um but then they can they get a bit bigger, and they can move around and that sort and they can of thing. Hold a knife. Yeah, they can, yeah. <laughs> he he goes to bed packing. I mean, you know, it's in the Constitution. So, um, <laughs> uh, he yeah. Once he got a bit more robust at six months, the other thing that coincided with that was that we um, went to America when he was six months old, and then we were sort of hmm. all shoved into one room. And then the sleeping arrangements just made sense. But the reason it's continued is because he got out of his good sleeping pattern. And then if he's going to wake up five times in the night and you have him in a crib somewhere, you're punishing yourself by like needing to walk across the room and get up and then get him. Whereas if you're just right next to him, sometimes you can get him back down by like putting your hand on him or, you know, just pulling him over to lay on your chest for a while and that sort of thing. So it would have been kind of impossible for us to get any sleep had we put him in the crib as often as he was waking up. But mm. now that he's getting in the groove a little bit more, um, I'm actively trying to switch back over and get him into the, the crib. It hasn't happened yet, but you know I'll put him in there to start things off until he fusses his way out of it, but we're transitioning.
2: Okay, interesting. Thank you. Nice. Great I am questions. not going to put Yuki-chan in the bed with us. Yeah. <laughs> Simply because there's no room. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a good call. But God, if she starts to wake up again and again and again, it's like, well, you know, if Gorgonella is trudging across the room, then you won't mind. There'll be fine. There's no
2: trudging. The room is small, yeah. it's literally mm. spinning. It's just uh, turning 90 degrees. And there you are. No yeah. need to <laughs> even get out the bed. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> that's true.
1: Well, uh, we can tack on some dad jokes. Yes. I'm in mean a weird. Two. I've got one or two, but I got into a weird wormhole of asking Chat GPT for dad jokes. <laughs> so I've got like five half jokes that Chat GPT tried to make, okay. and uh, I just wanted to run through those quickly. Uh, I I said to Chat GPT, "Tell me some unique dad jokes." And uh, Chat GPT said, "Why don't eggs tell jokes? Because they might crack up." And it's just like, okay, I said unique, and I mean, I don't know. It's just not great. So then I said, tell me another dad joke. Make it a bit subversive. And uh, ChatGPT says, sure, here's a slightly subversive dad joke for you. Why don't scientists trust atoms? Because they make up everything. Very good. (laughs) And then ChatGPT warns me, remember, it's all in good fun. (laughs) <laughs> who is that offending? Yeah, who are you offending Chat GPT? <laughs> Adams. 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 I guess that's a pretty big constituency universe wide. <laughs> so then um I said uh I was trying to like direct chat PT chat GPT a little bit, and I said, Tell me a dad joke about stoicism. Like I wanted to get something weird, you know? So mm-hmm. I said, tell me a dad joke about stoicism. And uh, Chat GPT says, Why did the stoic philosopher never win at poker? Because he always kept a straight face. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty good. I couldn't have come up with a Stoicism (laughs) dad joke off the top of my head. And then I started polling the audience and I asked you two guys, um, give me some random topics. Uh, uh, Mark, you said pickleball data science. So I said... uh, Tell what? me a dad joke about pickleball data science.
2: What the hell is that? Pick-
1: <laughs> pickleball is like the new sport that's been sweeping America in the last year. or So it's like a oh. version of tennis where you really get yeah. in the crowd of the net and just it's like a badminton tennis kind of a thing. Um. So okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did Chat GPT say? Okay, Chat GPT said, "Sure, here's a dad joke that combines pickleball and data science." <laughs> Why did the data scientist play pickleball? Because he wanted to analyze the sweet spot with a statistical pick algorithm. Oh my god! <laughs> Combine the word pickle and algorithm into pick pick algorithm, which is so weird. And then oh. Joe <laughs> Joe's random topic was uh, Maynard Ferguson's trumpet, which I believe is a sexual maneuver um no <laughs> assures me it's a, a jazz musician's actual instrument chat gpt says certainly here's a dad joke related to maynard ferguson's trumpet why did maynard ferguson's trumpet have a sweet tooth
2: <laughs> have a sweet tooth
1: <laughs> yeah have a sweet tooth because yes. it always wanted to play in the quote high c andy section can't high candy but it's high C dash Andy section.
2: Okay. So
1: I don't know what it's um, what it's leveraging
2: that joke on. Like what I are don't... we hinging? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, Maynard Ferguson's famous for playing high notes, including the high C. Oh, okay. So, so I it, can
1: see. It's Yeah. It's That's not
2: understanding pronunciation. It's like the high C
1: Andy section, high mm. candy section. Sweet uh. tooth. Chat GPT is weird, man. I don't know. Well. Um,
0: they're good efforts though. I mean, yeah. It's not that bad.
2: Some of them were pretty solid. I liked the yeah. stoicism one. Stoicism one was good. You, gonna... you reminded me of a of a, of a joke Justin mm-hmm. when you said about what was uh, I forget the first one you said. The first one that you told. Let me go uh, back.
1: Let me go back. Okay. Let me go back. Let me go back. Uh uh uh, uh why don't eggs tell jokes? Because they might crack up. Mm, uh Okay, it wasn't
2: that one, but it was one of the other ones. Scientists trust atoms,
1: they make up everything.
2: Yes, that one. Yeah. What's the joke? Um, Now, I might be misremembering slightly, and I think it's about the Dalai Lama, but he's persona non grata, since he licked that small boy. Uh, (laughs) So, um, the Buddhist monk, let's say, um, did you hear about the Buddhist monk who went into the hot dog, went to the hot dog stand, and the... uh, the the hot dog stand owner said uh, what would you like on your hot dog we've got cheese we've got onions we've got tomato ketchup uh, we've got chili and uh, the, the the buddhist monk said make me one with everything <laughs> The
1: (laughs) the version of that joke that I heard is the Dalai Lama walks into a pizza parlor and says, make me one with everything. And there's an Australian like Today Show host who was interviewing the Dalai Lama and actually told him that joke to his face. Yeah, Yeah, I think I saw that
2: one. It's wonderful. (laughs) I think I saw that actually. Nice. He doesn't get it at all. No. (laughs) Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, don't know. Don't know if the uh, Dalai Lama has been cancelled or not. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I have an actual dad joke, which is um, it's this.
1: Uh, I try to use foreign languages when I can. So recently, around my Spanish-speaking friends, I've been saying "mucho" more often. It means a lot to them.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very good. That's it. I've got,
1: I've got two more. Oh, please, yes.
0: Joe, did you have any more?
2: I literally made I did, no, I okay.
0: didn't plan any All advance. Right. So you That's go ahead. Fine. <clears throat> All right. What stands in a field and goes, ooh? <laughs>
2: um, are we supposed to okay. try and think of these? If answer? you want, you don't have to. I always Scare do
1: oil. as a personal challenge, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's All right.
0: Oil. Yeah. A cow with no lips. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. Good. He would good. say that. Okay, last one. Uh what do you do when you're being attacked by a group of clowns?
1: Hmm run away. It's something like you run their car off the road. I don't know. What
0: is it? You go for the juggler. <laughs> go that's for good. the juggler. <laughs> uh that's it. That's it. Oh, all,
2: all right. Well. Well I Joe, guess an ending note. <laughs> yes.
0: Thank you for joining us today, Joe. This was very fun.
2: Thank you for having me. And I'm sorry to make it run long. No, everybody tune
1: in to Ishikawa Summit to Sea. I think it's one of the most cleverly named podcasts out there.
2: I would agree. I mm. lo-
1: I like that name, Ishikawa it, Summit to Sea.
2: All it requires is a deep knowledge of the Geordie language.
1: <laughs> yeah. You need to know your sort of British uh, shortenings of words
3: mm.
1: in it. Anyhow, thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at Podcast or by email at info at Talk to you next time. Pizza time.